talked about that on the podcast this morning too. There was an article that I'd read. It was a guy, he was, it was all based off of a TikTok. He was complaining that corporations, companies pay people biweekly to rip them off. How? Because if we pay you every two weeks, you get your paycheck. It looks like a lot more money. You don't realize how little you make an hour because you're getting one lump check. He said they should pay us either a daily or a weekly or pay you not based off of the time you worked, but pay you here's your two-week salary. Oh, no. Mm -mm. And then you would actually know what you worked. Um, and that's why I said was he's obviously never worked in the real world or never run anything where he was involved with m more than one person. Because when you're dealing with people, you can't pay everybody a salary. A, 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 he said a biweekly salary because people don't work the same schedules. They don't have the same availabilities. People in the real well, world. For a decent amount of people, at least, they don't necessarily want to work salary right. because that means no overtime right and overtime is like huge that because then you're making a lot more money for those hours that you're working overtime so for some some people are like i'm not working salary i want my overtime pay you're not going to pay me for the hours i'm working because then i'm you're like well you can work about this and then I'll work an extra eight hours for you, and I don't get right. paid for them. That's why I kind of... Especially in that type of job. Because I, I tend to, which you know, when we talk, we drift, we head down, <laughs> we chase rabbits. Yeah. Um, and even when I do the podcast by myself, <laughs> I chase rabbits, which is with his conversation, then I went down the, the path of, and then comparing it to talking about chat GPT and replacing white-collar jobs versus automation and things historically have always replaced blue-collar jobs. But traditionally, there's always been kind of, even if you, whether you want to call it white-collar, blue-collar, there's been a, the type of job where you sell your time for money. Yeah. And that's what most of those jobs are. If you're working retail, if you're doing DoorDash, if you're doing all of these things, you're selling your time for money in ex or you're exchanging it for money. You're limited based on the amount of time you have yeah. to the amount of money you can make. And then there's other jobs where you are paid, whether you're talking about a skill or let's say you're an artist or you're a photographer or you're whatever, a writer. Uh, I mean, so when there's jobs like that are more skill based skill based that's the the more the separation than blue collar white collar i think mm -hmm. that's a lot more what this is replacing when you have a skill write code or create a a design idea or coming up with these things it's not necessarily that you're just paying me i mean i know a lot of people probably it, whether you work at tesla or you work at you know let's say you work at apple you're on the design team i imagine they have tasks to complete that there there's a it's not uh it's not the job where you're going in there getting paid by the hour riding the clock and doing the the quiet quitting thing of doing the least amount possible to get away with it no i wouldn't imagine um who was it that had the slogan uh, um hire quick fire faster oh yeah gary v because i i feel like especially in companies like apple pretty much live by that 
especially if you're in, you know, the top engineers and stuff, if you're in the design level of yeah. their companies, that they pretty much live by that, that if they tell you're not putting in their effort, they're like, get out. Yeah, because if you're... Because there's no reason. If they're just in there punching a time clock, do they have, I mean, what's their motivation to create? You should be doing a good good job for good job's sake, you know, putting in hard work, but... A lot of people don't do that. No. A lot of people, I think that separates a lot of the skilled positions like that. Well, I think that's, I don't know, the like worth it, work ethic separates just a lot of people today in society too, which I mean, it's probably always been like that, but like, I don't know, that to me just tells me who I want to be around too, that I can very quickly make up my mind very quickly about people after watching them, whether it's do their job or just do something that shows a work ethic, if I realize they don't have a strong one, I'm like, okay, I'm out. Like, I don't want to hang out with you anymore because why would I spend my time with someone who isn't putting time into something, whether it's a job or schoolwork or 90% of the time, it's something that you're choosing to be there. You know, it's, it's something you should be putting your effort and your time into. So if it's some, it should be important to you. If it's not, and you're not putting your effort into it, I'm not gonna stick around because you obviously don't have the same goals right. and motivation that I do. Who you hang around with is normally who you end up uh, looking like. So, like when you look at some of the the top successful people, I mean, like take Elon, I mean stuff like that. They're normally famous for their work ethic. That they're always, always hustling and yeah. going. Like Elon Musk doesn't have like a trailer yeah. outside it, of the, the building. Factories, yeah. yeah, Gary V always pushing hustle, hustle, go, 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 go. Which I think there's a line to that too, though. I mean, and if that's your, if that's what success is to you, like we talked about, everybody's definition is right. different. If that's what that is to you, then good for you. Like pursue that. But for me, that that's a bit too much. Like, right. just because. Because then that's all you're doing. You're working yourself to death. Is how that's how I would feel yeah. in that position, is because I need a balance of life and work, and that would just be too much. Which, and if you love your work, it is different than just punching a clock, like you said. Right. But it, I, I don't know. I still feel like that would get exhausting. I I burn out too, though. I think one of the key places that you could really succeed. Or people could really succeed is if they can find those things that are traditionally trading time for money jobs and converting it to a skilled job because like you said DoorDash is a time trading time to make more money you have to put in more time yeah to work at a retailer to make more money if you're in this job you have to Put in more time, work more hours, whether it's overtime, get another job, get a second job, put in more time to make more money because it's a step. Now, you can overtime or through negotiating raise your rate that you feel that you can make per hour, but you're still trading one hour for this amount of dollars. But when you can figure out a way to convert that into I always use the example of the, the TaskRabbit lady that created TaskRabbit. Imagine somebody created TaskRabbit, but instead decided, okay, I'm going to old-fashioned way look at it. I'm going to make TaskRabbit for me. I'm going to do 
postings and a, a website and a bulletin board type thing of jobs that I'm willing to do. And you do those jobs that they post. Yeah. You're still limited to the yeah. amount of work you can do. But if you have other people doing it right. and you're getting a percentage of that. Converted it into a scalable. I mean, if you can make that business scalable, say a podcast or do YouTube videos or um, music, write a song. Um, I mean, something that you can convert. Like you can put, let's say you put a week's worth of work into a YouTube video. You do this great video. You put a lot of a lot of research into it, a lot of effort into the filming, great into the editing, and you release this video, you're not going to be compensated based off of your time. Now, the amount of time possibly you put into it is going to be proportioned to how successful it is. I mean, but not always. Yeah, not because always. Because sometimes 15-second TikTok. With zero editing, sometimes. Right. So. But like take Mr. Beast videos. I mean, they put, they go way overboard on the effort that they put into filming and editing and all of that work. It takes sometimes a month to create one video. But, but it pays off. Right. But the amount you're going to be compensated for that video could be pennies or could be hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on the skill. Well. And a little bit of luck and a little bit of being in the right place at the right time and YouTube pushing it and a lot of those things. But that's you're, you're selling something. Like I said, find those trading time for money and converting it into a scalable without putting in more time business. People used to do food delivery and then somebody come up with the idea of creating DoorDash, which is making it scalable. And then we take a piece. And there's a um, um, task Instacart. Instacart's doing the shopping for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, so that's doing. Now you could say, "Hey, I'm gonna. I'm a personal shopper. I will go out and do shopping for anybody who hires me." And see, you're the one person on Instacart, but you're limited again, to you, to you yeah. and your time. How many other jobs are, are there out there? I mean, they've they've taken delivery, food delivery, and grocery delivery and and a lot of the retailers are getting into their own walmart delivering on their own food city amazon fresh and then just online delivery in general but what other jobs are out there that is a trading time for money type job that's still left there's retail there's waitresses okay like there's there's like the food industry but huh. there there isn't very many i mean it's stuff like that it's like the food industry and yeah retail Honestly. Because I think a big portion of retail is going to be replaced in the next 10 years. I Especially. Think food, I think the food industry will last longer than retail simply because, especially like dine-in experiences. I can see fast food transforming because, I mean, so, we've seen that some, yeah, with like you were talking about the kiosks and stuff ordering. But people do like, some people, some people, let right. me rephrase. McDonald's has rolled out the new one. They've got, I think, two stores now. That you don't even interact with the human. The food comes out. There, people are in the back that cook it, mm -hmm. and then they put it on a belt, and it comes out by order. And then, so you still pick it up through. You pick it up through the drive-through. Yeah. You scan at the drive-through. Um, I guess with the app showing that I'm me, and it's been paid for. And then it it's all automated. Yeah. It brings the bag down a little elevator thing, and then out to the window for you. 
I think some people still enjoy the whole like sit down, you have a wait waiter waitress thing. Yeah. You know, having that little interaction with people. I think people enjoy that, especially when you're you know you're going to dine in. And do you think that'll convert into a a really high end expensive experience though, because you're dealing with you're going to have to pay real humans. See, that's kind of more of what I was thinking. That it will become more of like a luxury type of thing. Maybe that means people will respect waitresses more. I don't know. Hopefully. Um, but I was also thinking of like just the food. It is, it'll take a little longer in like higher end restaurants to convert the food over than it would like in McDonald's or something like that to cook through robots. Not that much longer. There's, yeah. But there's more options. Right. So you would just need... So it's harder than flipping a burger and putting ketchup on it or whatever. Whereas you have, you know, eight, 20 different... Certain restaurants, what, is it like Cutie Brown's, I think, that has like a uh, massive yeah. menu that right. has like a billion options. That they have pizza, burgers, they sell it like all. And so, you know, when you go into a restaurant like that, could you imagine having a robot that is supposed to make all of those different food options? Like, it's possible. It's, it's just going to take longer right. to get there. So I, I just see that taking a little longer, whereas we have so much computerized AI stuff already involved with a lot of the, like, retail stuff with, like, the self-checkout and the stuff yeah. in the back where they stock your um, groceries before you leave if they're do bringing it to your car and all of that. So I could see that evolving a lot faster than the food industry especially the higher end food industry so do you think there's more of an idea to a young entrepreneur looking you know to disrupt you know if they always like the word disrupt we're going to disrupt <laughs> an industry if you were to do something to disrupt because i think like i said brick and mortar stores are going to be around i think they'll be around forever just because people still like what is the, that sorry uh, a, a physical building oh okay. that you go to it's I thought you said Rick. Oh, no, brick and mortar. No, Rick and Morty. Yeah, no. I was confused. Brick, I was like, Brick and mortar. Okay. Um, that's just kind of a term they use for physical location compared to an online shopping. Um, like Walmart, you can order online, ship to your house. Um, you can order online, pick it up at the store without going in. You can order online, have it delivered from the store to your house, or you can go in and shop. And to me, which Wolfie and I had this conversation also, I think Walmart hates the order online and go pull up and pick it up that they're shopping for you. I think Walmart hates that. Because if you've ever watched any of the videos of how they pick or like compare it to Amazon Warehouse, how this picked, it's streamlined. Now, they work people really hard and a lot of people think they're, you know, slave drivers, but it's a lot more efficient than sending somebody like in Walmart walking around the store it's shopping just, for you. It's so unorganized. Which I say it's so unorganized, but that's how most companies do it. Right. Because Amazon's just so ahead of their time. Because like I have a friend that works at Kohl's. That's exactly how Kohl's does it. They have online right. shopping the same way. Exactly how I they just do go it. Through and pick it. They just go through and get it. Which most people though, online ordering at Kohl's they're buying like one, two things. They're right. not like clothes shopping. They're getting like a vacuum or right, a little higher, yeah, in, or higher price, ticket, higher ticket items, and bigger and yeah. yeah. But they're not getting eight hundred things, so it is different. But that's how most retail stores 
do it is my understanding of they do it right. the exact same process. It isn't effective and they do need a better option. Because Wolfie seemed to think that that they wouldn't be doing it unless they were making a lot more money on it. And I said they're only doing it because they have to, because Amazon's killing them. See, I think... Um, and they have to compete with Food City and the other local retailers who don't want to do it either. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure. Our personal Food City, I'm not sure anyone knows how to use it. Oh, I've yeah. never seen someone pick food up because they Got don't... It. Ours doesn't, Food City doesn't bring it out to your car. Yeah. It's like a locker, locker bank. Thing. But I've never seen someone standing there at that locker bank before. Right. But I use the example with Walmart's getting the merchandise to the side counter, to the shelf, costs the exact same, regardless of how it's being shopped. Whether it's ordered online and then you pull, you do the pickup, or you go in and shop yourself. All of it, the distribution, the delivery, into the store, the stocking, onto the shelf, all the back-end stuff, the management, the department managers, maintenance, all that is the same. None of that changes. They're losing money. Except the time involved. I said, so when you are a customer and you go in and you do your own shopping and you walk around. They're not having to pay you to walk around and do that. The only time they involve is the second the cashier touches the item and starts ringing you up. And they want you to go through the self-checkout. Mm-hmm. Ideally, they would want you to come in the store, you to do your own shopping, you to go through the self-checkout and leave, but pay for everything. Yeah. See, that's where they get hurt at self-checkout. Yeah. That's why they should not do the, which I know they're only doing it out of convenience for the customer. And it, it is a better shopping experience for the customer if they do it right, because then they don't have to come in and get it. They can just pull up. And if, if oh, it's streamlined, yeah. it's be- it's definitely better for the customer if the, everything's in stock and everything's which, not, ne- uh, which is why we don't do it is because nothing's ever in stock. Right. And so then you have 800 substitutions that they're right. giving you the option of. And it's never the right substitution that you would want. Right. And, <laughs> and they lose a lot of money on the impulse shopping when you're That's true walking too. through the store. If you're only buying the things that you're buying online. You're not getting all of these other... Oh, well, that looks good. Or, oh, we needed that, too. Right. I don't see how where that's going to be going anymore. I think, personally, I think they're doing that because they started it because of COVID. Right. Because they're like, you know what we're supposed to? Everybody else is doing it. This is what what we're going to do. And then they're like, well, crap. Now we're doing it. This sucks. I'd rather see them phase that out and and put more effort into the self-checkouts being a better experience and everything going to RFID. Good luck with that. I would like, I mean, ideally you'd walk in, you'd load your buggy full of stuff and you'd just roll right out the door with it and it would automatically bill you and ring you up. They can't even have the self-checkout lines with the conveyor belt open. Those are always closed. Makes me so angry. I don't know where they're taking it. but So if you were to disrupt, I mean, that market, I mean, Instacart, you could say would be one thing that kind of disrupted a little, but I don't. But I don't think so. It just kind of adds to it. I I don't think Instacart disrupted it. I think it shifted it. I think it shifted from, oh, you were shopping, now you're just paying someone to shop for you. Because for you, it's more convenient to pay someone to shop and deliver to your door than you have. Especially like if you're if I'm in Johnson City or Knoxville or Atlanta. Goodness, if I live in Atlanta, Georgia especially depending on where, I'm not driving 
in traffic for 30 minutes because I forgot milk. <laughs> right. I'm going to get someone to Instacart it because it'll probably be faster, too, because yeah, they're already more, out. But yeah. Especially if you need, like, one thing, it's almost worth it to just pay for it, especially if you're, like, in the middle of cooking or something and you realize you don't have enough. Because right. we've ran out to the store so many times, but we live in such a small area that it's not that part of the store, and it's not as big of a deal. Whereas if you live in the city, I can see how that would be a major benefit. But I don't think it, like, disrupted it. I think it just shifted who was doing the shopping because it's still a person doing the shopping. Right. And you're still buying the same things. Because, see... But With, then you're shifting it from an hourly pay to a task pay. That's, well, that's true. Well, if you're talking about, uh, I guess that's true. That's true. Kind of. It depends. So I don't know how Instacart works. But for for DoorDash, it's like you have a set fee that you pay, or not that you pay, but like, well, if you're ordering food, that you pay a set fee for every time you deliver, even though they tell you there's a zero delivery fee. I don't understand why that's on there. Anyway, um, but there's a set fee that you're paying for them to deliver. But, okay, it's five minutes from your house. That's an extra whatever. Right. But it's 30 minutes from your house. Okay, well, that it costs more because it... So it's it's some sort of yeah, formula. They're, f- they're figuring out what, yeah. That from, okay, this is your base cost plus this is your time involved. So they have some sort of formula going for them. So it's it's a mix of a skill, a task cost and a hourly, right. well not hourly, but you know time cost. So it's kind of a combo of more considering your time and your what you've done. Yeah, but I, and they do what like it's like a rev share thing with they charge this. Here's what they made on it, and then DoorDash keeps whatever portion they keep, and the driver, the delivery keeps the portion whatever. Whether it's a 60-40, 80-20 split. I guess. But. I don't know. You can look it up. I think I think it's pretty low. What DoorDash actually doesn't take a ton. I mean, they keep some, obviously, but I don't think they keep a ton. But I think they get an, they've got an affiliate thing with the, with the retailers, too. Or not the retailers, but the restaurants, too. They do. And they also have um, a thing. So you get, if you're... If you dash enough, you can get a card, a dash, a dasher card, and you can use it to pay for gas. Mm. And so it gives you like, I think it's ten percent off, fifteen. I don't know. It gives you a certain percentage off your gas mm, when you pay for it, and then they get a kickback from that. I'm sure too. Oh yeah, because it's a credit card, so you know they're getting a kickback from it. You just pay for it with your yeah, and you get a nice percentage back off your gas every time you pay with your dasher card but it's linked to your account so if you haven't been dashing they know and your car won't work work. to pay for your gas so i guess looking at all of those things that they disrupted so what type of side hustles are most popular among your generation which we talked about that like uh, i'd say probably the most popular i'd say for me is doordash DoorDash. just because it's easy you don't have to really have a skill other than driving and so I'm not responsible for it. I'm already given, like, my customers. There's no, like, there's not very much thought put into it. It's just like, okay, here. And, like you said, you can do it whenever you want. You just put your time into the thing, which is great for college kids because you just put your time in. And it's it's decent pay. I mean, the biggest issue is you're putting gas and wear on your car. 
But the advantage is definitely the flexibility of oh, your, yeah. own, your time when you can and when you have the ability. I mean, when I was growing up, we all had side hustles. I mean, that was younger kids don't even think of side hustles anymore, I don't think. No. I mean, when we were kids, every single time it snowed, we're seeing dollar signs because we're shoveling sidewalks, we're shoveling driveways. You hit all of the neighborhood, mowing lawns in the summertime, raking leaves in the fall. I think it's, yeah, it's different. I don't know, if I needed money, and you're like, well, you just need to, you know, if I needed to save up money for something, because I wanted whatever it was, I would normally just do something for you. Like, it's like, okay, well, how much will you pay me to do this? Or Right, but that's a little different than... And so, I, no, it is. Whereas, because I had that option, I never felt the need to go ask the neighbor right. to rake his leaves. And I feel like, or at least most kids I hung out with right. had that, that it was like, oh, I need 20 bucks. Well, okay, how are you going to get it? And that's what the parent would just, it's like, okay, mom, what chores do you need done? What are you? Right. And well, it's like, we, I'll give you five well, see, bucks we if paid, you do this, this, and this. We paid you to do work for like us work work. Well, that's true too. Most people. Most kids get allowance too though. Right. But paying for to doing a chore in your house, I mean, you shouldn't be paid extra for doing a chore. Well. Because that's part of your uh, room and board. I mean, it's just something that should everybody should be, as a team, we're all doing all of this. Well, it depends what it is, too. Yeah, but everything in the house needs to be done. If well, but you, I'm not going to go, like, clean up your desk or anything. Right, but, no. But if you ask but, me to, I would, but... Right. See, that's the difference in our gener your generation, my generation. When I was a kid, um, your parents told you to go do something. Well, I guess that's true, too. We weren't expecting to be compensated for it. Well, I wouldn't expect you to give me anything, but... Right, but I mean, where we were talking about, if you needed well, to raise money or you needed extra money or... If we needed extra money... Which we also live in a the neighborhood. different area than you lived in, too, which is a little bit of it. Yeah, but there's kids that live in our neighborhood... And I have never once had anybody come up ask if we wanted to one we'd rake leaves out of our yard. Um, it's also it is just a different time that you just don't. It's just not a thing. Well, no, it's because they don't have any desire to earn money. Because well, because we don't. Not that we don't need to, because like we want money. It's just it's not we have different. We, well, we have different ways of getting it. If you're a twelve-year-old, other than asking your parents to give you money. Well, well, that's what I mean, is that... I mean, they want $20, and then they do a 15-minute task to get $20. So you're paying this kid 80 bucks an hour <laughs> for... I didn't say it was a good idea. I'm just saying that's how it is. It's just the parents. Most of it's because of the parents have the money to give. That's true, too. And they figure we're going to get something in return. Something done is a lot of... And, and make them feel like they're at least working some for it. Now, you all... I thought we made you all work when we did work. work oh, you had like us that. work by the hour. Like yeah. you, you told us, okay, this is how much you get for the hour, right? And you had us keep a timesheet and and but that was work work. It wasn't like I want you to. Oh, it wasn't. Oh, go do the dishes right, or anything. No. We were filing stuff and doing secretary work right. for you, so it was a little different. Yeah, but see, that's more of a real job. We grew up a little different than different other kids did too, because of some of that. Yeah. Because we were raised doing that. I don't know. Entrepreneurial spirit of if you want to make money mowing lawns and raking grass and shoveling snow and doing lemonade stands. Also, and well, that's not true. 
our little neighbor down the street had a lemonade stand yeah, not very long ago. She was true. very cute. Yeah, it, it was right after they moved into this neighborhood. Yeah. So they were still. I there. remember that because I thought it was kind of odd because me and my friend had a lemonade stand too. We didn't yeah. make very much because no one came. But yeah, but, that, that type of thing up here is not, there's not enough traffic. Well, we did that, that at her house, but. Right. Well, even in town. No, it's not, just. There's not enough traffic for. No. But which is some of that type of issue that you can have, like lemonade stands in this area and stuff. Because right. there's just not enough people. But if, let's say, as soon as it snowed. Uh, you, oh, you could. Sh- if you all. Shovel if you, at Her house down there. Oh, yeah. You could hit every house on that block. And, and sh- I, I imagine most almost of them all would have would paid have, us. Yeah. Yeah. Or mowing lawn. Which also, do you, do you know who you're talking to? Because. I wouldn't say hi to people, your boss at work. I wouldn't talk to him until I was like 12. You had the most like anxious, antisocial child ever. I didn't talk to people. I was shy then. I'm shy now. I talk to people now. Yeah, you've come out of But you lot. couldn't have convinced me when I was eight, even when I was probably 12, you couldn't have convinced me to go to the neighbor's house and ask him if I could shovel his driveway. Just but Not because I don't want to shovel his driveway, because I don't want to talk to him. Well, see, that's when you get your other... Well, yeah. see, and that was part of my issue, too. I have friends that lived up here, either. Right. None of my friends lived near us. Yeah, where we're Our at, neighborhood it requires is. A, it's a little more spread out, so. Yeah, it's not the little grid neighborhoods. Yeah, because that's what we would, you know, what we would do, shoveling snow up there. Yeah, I would, like, get other kids to do a lot of the shoveling, and then I would, like, almost, like, subcontract. I mean, looking at now, You were a manager. You've always been a manager. <laughs> well, I would just get them... I would set them up, you know, get all of the jobs. Get, you just took a percentage, and I just took a part, a cut. This is the best no, thing I mean, ever. I did. I did. I'm. I shoveled a lot myself too, but you can make more if, See, you, if you're doing a rev share. You're not converting, selling. But do just you know how time. many eight year olds was sitting there going, "I can make money if I shovel driveways, but if I get all my friends to <laughs> shovel driveways, then I can." But I set them up with their jobs. I can take a percentage. None. You. You are the well, only eight. Eight, but I was probably about 11, 12. Then. Still. But like most 12 year olds aren't going, I can make money off my friends and from my own work. I delivered newspapers, which people don't do newspapers anymore. But No, that, that, see, that's people, a job that died. Well, that's a, that, that young girl and guy that came in the courthouse that day didn't What's know a what news? a newspaper was. See, that, yeah. I don't understand that. So, like, I'm young, and I don't know a lot of things, but I know what a newspaper is. But, I mean, when I look back on that, I was, well, I, we moved down here when I was 12, thir- the summer, yeah, right before I turned 13 from Michigan. So, up there I was, so that's what, I mean, I was, and when I delivered newspapers, I had to be then less than 12, so I was, but I don't think I was, I think it was a little younger, so I was like 10 or 11, I think, when I was delivering newspapers. See, the fact that they gave a 12-year-old a job, too, is also insane to me. Yeah. Well, they don't do stuff like that anymore, either. No. And, you know, but we just, you show up, they would, I, but I had to go out every morning, so it was before school. Yeah. And met on the corner, and the guy, the dropping, he drove a, like a little, kind of like a box truck van type thing, but a, like a bread truck size. You tell me things, and I go, it's a miracle you didn't get kidnapped as a child. But it's so much safer today than it was back then. But he would drop them off. Exactly. He would drop them off on the week. He'd drop the bundles. Yeah. And there would be, like, 
No, it wasn't like we were meeting him by himself. He would drop off on this corner for like this area. For like so they'd be eight like, kids. Yeah, a group of us. And then you'd get yours out of the, you'd pop the bundles and you got however many was on your route. Say you had 63 houses. Yeah. Or whatever was paying for the paper on your route. And you'd get them and you'd sit down there and you'd roll them. They weren't rolled for you. Oh, no, you had to roll them. They were. They would drop them in stacks. Oh, okay. Wrap. They had like the plastic straps mm. around them, popped straps, and um, and then you rolled them and put them in your bag and just had like a like a little canvas type satchel. Yeah. Hung over, and you'd load however many you had for your block, because I only delivered on my block. Yeah. Um. So I mean, it wasn't like I was walking far. I mean, I was walking probably here to. JD's old house, maybe up the street to the corner where he dropped him off. Yeah. And then I would do the full run up and down the street, and you just toss them, toss them on the porch, or you try and get on the porch. <laughs> but then on, uh, I don't remember what day of the week it was. Either like Thursday or Friday, or something it was collection day, and that's when I was supposed to. I would have to go door to door to where I would deliver, pound on the door. And you just pound on the door and yell, collect. And then they would come to the door. And if they owed you whatever it was for the week, a dollar sixty-five or whatever. I yeah. don't remember what the amount It wasn't much for each one. And they would, let's say they owed you dollar sixty-five, they'd give you two bucks. Mm-hmm. So you'd get whatever. Then you would pay. Then the next pickup, you paid your collections. And you had to pay, supposed to be whatever you sold. Yeah. And then whatever you were owed, and now they didn't charge you the full price that you were charging. So that's how you made your money. So let's say for the week, let's say you charged, I don't know, let's say you made $90 for the whole week for the all the collections. And maybe 65 of it or 75 of it was... To pay for to it. To pay for it. Then you kept your whatever, $10 for the week or whatever. So you, when you figured it up by the hour, you were probably only making a, a dollar an hour, a couple of dollars an hour at that um, when you figure it up. But back then, minimum wage, well, what? Well, it was more than an hour, or it was more than a dollar. Not much. When I first really started not? a week at working, it was three thirty-five. Really? And that was in... Uh, so this would have been in 1979, 290. Hmm. So when I started working in for a real job, 84, October 84 was my first job job that I... The fact that you remember that. Well, it's because I started on my birthday. Oh, okay. On my 16th birthday. Because I got actually hired the week before, hmm. but they wouldn't let me start working until my 16th birthday. Mr. Hooper. My vocational teacher at school is one that got me the job working at the sales office at Bristol Steel. I've heard about that job. Yeah. So I was making three thirty-five an hour. Hmm. Well. So, But that was what minimum wage was. So, yeah, how do you think the side hustle economy has affected the job market for your generation? It's definitely, like, it's definitely opened up a lot of opportunities because, I mean, if you think about it, I can go to work doing a nine to five and right now I'm doing school from when I get off work to whenever but if you change that from oh you get off of work and then you're doing whatever your side hustle is for four hours if you do that and you can actually make money off of it see that's the hard part is that a lot of people have side hustles 
that they're not making money off of. Which, and it's all a process, because I feel like if you put enough time into anything, you can get it to a point where right. you can make money off of it. Then you have double the income, even if it's not fully double. You have two sources of income, so you have double the stability, too. Right. So that even if, say, you lose your 9-to-5 job, if you get laid off or whatever, something happens, hopefully you have savings at least a little bit. But then you're not making probably as much money as you were because even just from your 9-to-5 Odds are. Right. But you at least have some income coming in that you can hopefully just pay at least your important bills. So, I mean, it offers lots of financial stability and it offers other opportunities to do what we talked about earlier of transferring over into your side hustle if you realize, you know what, I'm at this desk job. I don't like this. This is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So it kind of gets, it allows people to get out of that in a safe way. Safe isn't the right word, but in a financially safe way of you're not quitting your job going, you know what, I'm going to start a YouTube channel and I'm that I'm going to be a YouTube influencer because that's not how it works. It doesn't happen overnight. Right. So if you put, you know, time into it, though, while you're working as a side hustle, then you can slowly transition into that once you start making money off of it. Right. So it definitely opens a lot of doors. I also wanted to tell everyone about a new coffee brand called Coffee Brand Coffee. It's fresh roasted to order using only the highest quality coffee sourced direct from farms around the world. Coffee Brand Coffee was built by creating direct trade partnerships with many coffee producers that use sustainable coffee growing standards. We feel that this uh, dedication to quality should be obvious when you have uh, Coffee Brand Coffee in your cup. And uh, there are nearly 20 new flavors and the uh, upcoming tea line. And uh, they even have hot cocoa, too. So check them out at coffeebraincoffee.com and use the coupon code SENSITIVE for an additional 5% off. So give them a try. Yeah. So I meant to throw that in way earlier. But as long as it's in there sometime. Is there hot cocoa dairy-free? Uh, no, I don't think they have any that's dairy-free. That's tragic. Just want to thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future episodes, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. You can contact us on each of the social media platforms at Socially Sensitive or visit our website, sociallysensitive.com, where you can also stay up to date on all things socially sensitive. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you have an amazing rest of your day. See you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. If you haven't already, subscribe to Socially Sensitive on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever your favorite podcast platform is. And while you're there, leave a review and a five-star rating. You can also find us on Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and all social media platforms by searching the tag at Socially Sensitive. Also, check out our website, sociallysensitive.com, and grab some officially licensed products.